Hey everybody, Hellabass here with another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Today we're going to talk with Eric Graffron, Great Lakes Gaff on Instagram, all about swim baits, hard bodies, paddle tails, glide baits, and so much more with a special twist on how to fish them in tournaments and how to fish them in the Midwest. Take a listen. I promise you're going to learn something and enjoy the podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. Should be uh we should be live. We'll uh, kind of slow roll it. Letting people get in here. Um Come have you put out some swim bait info. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna pick Gaff's mind on uh, swim baits. There's been a lot of people talking about swim baits lately, and uh, I know you have a lot of practical experience and you have a lot of passion about it, specifically yeah. to Minnesota. Yeah. And so I think it would be, and I'll probably spend some time focusing on your experience for the people that. You know, there's a lot of shows about all these guys down in North Carolina and Alabama and the yeah. West Coast and all that kind of stuff. And that's good information. There's a lot of good things, but I think there's some nuances that can be applied to what we're doing here in Minnesota and the upper Midwest that might help a specific niche of people, uh, even, you know, specifically and, and maybe help them catch a few more fish. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the stuff we'll get into once we get a few people in here. Sounds good. And then, uh, I kind of have some ideas about uh, maybe some some dream lists or shopping lists. So Ooh. I know we've got some baits that we're going to show and baits yeah. we'd like to throw and baits we've had success with. But eventually I'd like to talk about some baits that we have on our wish lists yeah. and our want lists. And we can maybe browse some web pages and talk about some of those and why we why, why we want those. Um, I'm a fan of that. Looks like we got a couple guys here now. Yeah. Wait, well, how's it going? Welcome to PB Dad. Yeah, PB Dad, White Whale. White Whale's got a, his own YouTube channel. He does some, some cool stuff on his channel as well. Awesome. Um, so, all right, we got a handful of people in here. We got. Uh, awesome. So, today I have Eric Gaffron, uh, Great Lakes Gaff, with me. Um, he's kind of a young and upcoming angler. We'll get into a little bit of his background uh, while we get, before we dive deep into swim baits. But I guess we kind of known each other through social media for a while but we really, yeah. really didn't get to know each other until we fished a tournament together on alabama in alabama on gunnersville as the minnesota state team and we got to kind of exactly meet each other a little more i got to get a little bit of a hint of kind of the swim bait nut that he is yeah and uh and that's what we're going to tap into tonight and so uh for those people real kind of uh kind of pouring in right now we're going to dive in and really pick eric's brain because i want to get better this part of my goals for this season is to catch more fish on big baits, get better at big baits, get some of those sweet yeah. catches on film uh, for the channel. And so I'm going to be, well, I won't be taking notes, but eventually I'll be taking notes and I'll probably go back and rewatch this and re-listen to it uh, and take those notes at that time. So uh, I think there'll be some great information no matter where you live about swim baits. Yeah. But uh, if you're in the Midwest or in the Northern part of the country, I think you'll get some specific nuggets that may even help you more than generic stuff. What's up, Brian? Older. So, with that being said, 
I'll let you kind of give just a, a minute or two on yourself, Eric. So, uh, hi guys. My name is Eric Gaffron on Instagram. My handle is Great Lakes Gaff, like we said. Um, I'm a tournament fisherman from here up in Minnesota. I'm about 25 years old. Um, I started tournament fishing when I was 16, uh, when the, you know, high school events were like in their infancy and um, some of the earlier years of the college events, I spent some time traveling down south and getting experiences in Missouri and Kentucky and Illinois and was like uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin and applying different things that I learned throughout there, bringing them back here to Minnesota and just doing different techniques through trial and error. Um, like every single person who bass fishes, I've just kind of learned to apply some of the things you hear about down south into the tournament techniques I was doing up here in Minnesota. Um, and it's come with some pretty good successes and some bomb days, but I mean, that's tournament fishing, especially with big baits, but, um, it's, it's something that I kind of, kind of fell into my lap early on and just took off with now. So. Nice. So maybe let's start like, usually when somebody gets into swim baits, there's like a catch or a defining moment or something like that. Like what, what is your, you got to have some kind of a story. Uh, or, or maybe a couple or like yeah you want to do or like something i can remember the first tournament i ever threw a swim bait but i got i gotta back up before we get to that point because mm-hmm. uh, i started throwing a swim bait like in little ponds uh and initially what it was was actually like a swim jig but i was throwing on too big of a trailer um just i didn't know anybody to cut down the trailer so they'd eat the whole thing but i was getting more tail kick and thump and i kind of realized oh this might, there might be something to this. About the same time, I found um, Lynn Dollar's YouTube page. If you guys don't know about Lynn Dollar's YouTube page, yep. go on there. Um, but there's all kinds of old Bassmaster shows. I was learning techniques. Um, Bassmaster was posting shows. Um, and some of those events where they went down south um, uh, to, like, Texas, like Amistad. Um, you know the one Derek Remitz one? Uh, that one, I think Ike was throwing a swim bait out deep on trees and watching that and just going, man, there's no way they eat this giant thing. And of course they eat it and he's catching eight, nine pounders. And I kind of was like, man, I can't ever see that like working up here in Minnesota. I think about the same time, was it Chris Lane who won the classic? Um, Uh, Yeah. yeah, He won in Louisiana on the red river, I think. And I think he was throwing like a grass pig style swim bait up shallow for some of his fish. If I remember, Possibly. maybe it was just a swim jig with a grass pig on the back, but that was like the first bait. And I actually have one rigged up because I was thinking about this. Um, sure. So I got paired with Kent Middlestead, you know, Kent, um, uh-huh. in a club event back when I was in Viking Bassmasters. And I had a Texas rig on and I had bought a bunch of grass pigs and we were fishing up shallow in the reeds. And I had a grass pig with like a 316 sound on it and just flinging around out the back and catching fish on it. And Kent kept looking back at me as I'm setting the hook on these fish. He's like, you've got like 10 to 1 bites on this little grass pig. So he started throwing the like, smaller swim baits too. And after I saw that day, I just, it was something I had to apply different ways. I just started looking around, experimenting, um, started hearing about some of those bigger swim baits, the line through the optimum baits, all that kind of stuff. And um, I think when I got to college, that's 
when it took off the most though is that we started going south and those guys have big baits i actually have like this is like an ignites baits with a big head on it um mm-hmm. the first big swim bait i ever bought right there um it's actually the biggest yeah. swim bait that i ever have bought because here in minnesota you don't need quite anything past six inches most of the time there are some times where i think you could get away with an eight ten twelve inch swim bait but I fish out of the back a lot as a co-angler, so a lot of the time is spent throwing something s- smaller. And, I mean, a six-inch, you know, mag draft is not necessarily smaller than what the guys in front of me are throwing. But if I was up front, I'd be throwing the eight-inch. But i throw the six behind a guy who's throwing a jig or, you know, a spinnerbait or a swim jig just because I think that some of these fish just don't see it ever. And I'm yeah. throwing it. I would, I would say that... I, I kind of follow some of that, like getting into that. I definitely started increasing my swim jig size trailers, <clears throat> going to gambler, you know, the big easies, uh, some of the full size paddle tails on the back of swim jigs and vibrating jigs and found that they did produce a different kind of bite. They would draw strikes that other times maybe a grub or a little, uh, a small trailer wouldn't. So I agree that that's definitely uh, a good stepping stone or a gateway drug is just yeah. a swim jig trailer and throwing like, like an easy swimmer or, you know, some of those slightly bigger paddle tails on yep. the back of a swim jig or even like a, like a true bass, you know, uh, yep. or, you know, like the five inch, you know, the five inch, right. Paddle tails. Five inch. That's a good place to start. Uh, and I think, you know, if, you know, you start getting bit on that, on uh, swim jigs mm-hmm. as a trailer that starts to give you the confidence that you can start to move up. Uh, I mean, there's another whole train of thought that they just like, most guys will tell you like, don't mess around just go to the big stuff. They have more drawing power. They get the bites that you'd be surprised at the size of fish you'd catch. But mentally sometimes that's difficult to do. Yeah. Just like when I first started fishing a jig, it took me a while to really gain confidence into a jig, even though the jig's really not much different than a creature bait. When I first started out, uh, it was hard to make that, leap so whatever you need to do to get there that's the important thing whether, yeah what's up chad what's up kenny uh you know whatever it is like find your path to swim yeah. baits uh whatever it is if you have confidence to just picking a six eight inch bait up and just giving it a whirl then yeah. do it that's probably the best way to do it but if not there's a there's a stepping path as well yeah absolutely well thanks so, uh, awesome you like well so, yeah, um, and about the same time that I started getting into swim baits, I also kind of got introduced to the finesse swim bait, I think. Um, it, it's kind of hand in hand. I actually throw them one, two sometimes. I'll have a finesse one on a spinning rod, and I'll have a big one lined up on a bigger rod. Um, years ago when we were here, um, I did that. Um, I've done that on plenty of tournaments and club events and stuff, but uh, – I think being able to do it at the same time was something that was good for me because I would be like, okay, well, I figured out how to catch him on this little one so I can apply the same principles that got me bites on the little one to the big one and maybe trigger that bigger bite. Um, And I think a lot of people throw a finesse swim bait or a smaller four inch or less, you know, paddle tail swim bait, but not a lot of guys are throwing that big, big five, six inch one with the heavy kick. Yeah. 
So, Chris, do you have a story about uh, either a fun fish or a, a, a tournament catch or something like that that was really like, that was like, you know, that cemented it for you with a real swim bait? <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's there's been definitely days or like mid to late spring, like late spawn, post spawn, where I've just been fun fishing and just got into them really good with like a mag draft mm-hmm. or something. Uh, I'm trying to think, I think that day with Kent that I was talking about earlier, that really solidified it because it was a big stepping stone, but it made me see that even though I wasn't catching the biggest fish right there, it was like these little ones still get bites. I just have to step it up to get the big one. Um, I haven't had like a full tournament bag come from a swim bait, but I've had key kicker fish come from a swim bait plenty of times. Um, nice. Definitely uh, up shallow on Pekegama. I caught a couple fish on a kicker to qualify me for that regional team in the pads, throwing a cane thumper type of deal or a pit boss type of deal. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I had one in club last year that ate like a 5-8 Kitech on a um, you know uh, what's it called? A Strulock weighted hook like I have on this yeah. one. Um, you got a big Kitek there? I do have, uh, I don't have one rigged up, but I have four inch. Actually, I do have rig, one rigged up. I lie. Um, you have a five? I think I have, yeah, here's a five. This is actually one that's still rigged up from Gunnersville last year. Yeah, so that's, uh, like that's a pretty meaty. Yeah. Like, that's a good place to, like, start to bulk up. That 5.8 Kitek is significantly bigger than the 4.8 as far as the, the profile yeah. that it has. Um so that's a good way to like just. I, mean, I think they even make a six. Do they make a six point eight now or something? Yeah, they do. I have one here. Hold on. They so, come like one per pack in the clamshell, don't they? It's two, I think. But here's a six eight. Here's the five eight. And I can't. Yeah. Do you have like a do you have like a four eight or a three eight like something that people oh, yeah. would normally throw just to show them like how what the size difference is? I, actually, I have uh, this one is four three, which is pretty common. Mm-hmm. So here's the big right. one. Here's the right. eight. Um, and then I've got even smaller here. Uh, I think I have a three eight here. Yeah. Maybe. So like, there's the three eight. Like, come a little closer, a little higher when you're holding it up. Yeah, let me grab a different uh, three eight because I put my three eights in the wrong box. Here's a three eight. I made a mistake when I started putting swim baits in boxes. I didn't listen about keeping them in the packaging. That's a good tip in general. I think it makes a difference, at least on some of those bigger ones. But here's a 3.8. Here's the big one. Yeah, come a little closer. A little closer to the screen, a little higher. There people can see, like, oh, there you go. Like, if you're used to throwing a 3.8 on the back of a swim jig or a yeah. chatterbait, just to give you a difference, like, that 5.8 is another magnitude. Yeah. Um, and the thing is about a five a eight Kitek, you can throw that on a jig rod. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Uh, a, a heavy, medium heavy to a heavy like jig rod is all you need for a Kitek. And then you're typically, do you typically rig those on jig heads or more like a beast type style hook? Yeah, yeah. What, what's your preference, or when when would you rig, uh, or what? So, I will rig the beast hook when there is like grass patches and whatnot, um, whether it's uh, lily pads or coontail milfoil mix or, you know, like in four or five feet of water with some 
space above it between the top of the water and the top of the grass. Then I'll get the belly hook because that's going to pull it down into the water a little bit onto those stocks and you can rip it out of the stocks. Um, that day I was with Kent on Gunnersville um, and I was throwing a swim bait. I was ripping it through the grass like that with a belly weighted hook. I noticed that when I have um, a top rigged one, like the one I'm about to pull out, like this one, that one is um, going to snag up in the grass a lot more. And this is the one that I'll throw when I'm on like rocks or deep humps or even a deep weed line because that grass usually isn't quite as thick, I'm learning. Um, then I'll go ahead and throw this one. And this one's a half ounce head. I think this is an old Buckeye head. Um, but usually I just use the owner beast hooks, the screw locks. I like those a lot. I think they're a really quality one. So what size beast hook do you typically throw in a 5.8 Kytec? Um, I have it written down because I don't want to dig too much. On uh, the big six-inch mag draft and, like, the bigger Kytex, I'll throw the six-aught quarter-ounce beast hook or the eight-aught, depending. Um, but then I'll also throw – they have um, a smaller one in the smaller size. I think it's a five-aught. I have to pull it up here. Um, but I, I pretty much just match the weight to the bait and match the hook size to where, um, like, if you if you've seen Kytex, I know, Rich, but for those of you who don't know, there's a little groove right there. I don't know if you can see it. You want your hook to be right in the middle of the groove so that that bait goes back and forth and wiggles properly. If you put that hook in the wrong spot or you put um, a jig head hook that's too long on here, I've learned, You'll feel the action, and it's not the right. same. So um, yeah. it's a matter of figuring out where that bait wiggles in the water. Yeah, that's a good good point. That that visual a tells you you're using a big enough hook, and b that you're not too big of a hook, and gives you a visual. Uh, so fishing today says I don't have stuff to fill. I prefer like a big storm swim bait, and actually those old storm wild eyes are sneaky good baits. And there's a lot of guys; those have a cult following. Uh, I know. Uh, like the guys at Dream Smasher, that's what they used to throw a lot and catch a lot of big fish on those. So don't yeah. sleep on those old Storm swim baits, even though they don't make them anymore. Uh, and I think Bobby Lane was using those when he won a Kentucky event. Uh, okay. So, so like, yeah, those old Storms, you know, there's, you know, they get rid of baits all the time that are really good baits. So uh, nothing wrong on those big Storms. Yeah. Uh, Sycamore Outdoors says I'm using a five eight Peacock Falcon pole to cast these lures. Is that okay? It seems a little short. <laughs> you might be able to get a with the three eight or the three three, but you're not gonna get the width yeah. you really want. I think you definitely want to be a seven foot plus rod for any of these bigger oh, swim baits to have I the leverage and to be able to move the line and the fish on a hook set. Yeah, only time I'd ever think about going shorter is if I was like throwing a three eight around docks, like I would be skipping a jig or something, and even then I'm probably gonna go seven footer. Um, a 704 or something like that. Um, yeah. Most of the time, I'm throwing a swim bait, I'm throwing a 74. Um, I got two Caden from a guy uh, secondhand, and they're pretty much going to be my two swim bait rods this year, I've decided. So uh, one's a 744, and that's for like 3.8 to 4.8 Kytex, and then anything above that, all the way up to uh, the regular mag draft, not the freestyle one, I'll throw on the 745. And then I'm going to bump up to a 795 Fury for um, these freestyles. And if I ever decide to pick up this old uh, ledge bait here, then I'll throw it on that. 
but that hasn't seen water since Kentucky Lake. So, yeah. So you're saying for like a six inch mag drafts and down, you're throwing basically a seven four jig rod. Yep, pretty much. And then when you go to the eight inch baits, that's when you're picking up your actual swim bait. Yeah, Fury. Six inch freestyle too, because the freestyle has that big stouter hook. Because it, it's such a thick hook, you need such a right. rod to drive the hook on that bait. Um, so so you're saying even a six inch with the beast hook, because you have so much plastic to go through. Yeah, um, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and line preference on these rods, are you throwing fluorocarbon, mono, braid? What's um, so for if I have it belly weighted and I'm going to be around like a lot of grass and pads, I will throw the, um, throw it on braid. Um, so I'll use the a fishing line, black braid, um, 30 pound, and that stuff is really good. Um, and then if I'm going to throw it around like sparse vegetation or skip docks with it, I'll actually switch to the fluorocarbon. I like skipping docks with fluorocarbon. So I throw 18 pound, Line brand fluorocarbon, so that's this stuff right here. Uh-huh. So just like that, and then uh, also a bump up to the twenty-one pound fluorocarbon that they have for uh, the like the big uh, heavy magdraft freestyle or that super long tie tech that we have right here. This is the really big one. Um, so if I'm not throwing forty pound braid in the grass, or even I'll throw it like on a frog rod almost if the grass is thick enough um and i'm throwing that big uh freestyle up in the grass up in some of that thicker stuff then i'll jump it up and throw that bigger one um with the right, so i think i agree like so if you're throwing for the most part six inch baits so like six inch mag drafts six mm-hmm. inch paddle tails uh the 168 uh you wouldn't talk about glides or anything but the river to sea uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. You don't need any special rods. You can use your jig rod. You can yeah. use your frog rod. Like if you really get into it, you may want a slightly different rod, but you definitely can get by, um, yeah. on that kind of stuff. And honestly, I only bought the 795 Fury because I'm probably going to try and throw some glide baits this summer. Um, I've been watching a lot of videos on it on over the winter. And I think that it has a place in Minnesota and certainly can catch some fish, but it kind of didn't get on my radar until late last fall. Um, so once I started diving into that, I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's gotta be the deal. You can see, you can get, you know, small mouth, the flash on it. You can get large mouth, the flash on it, catch them other ways. I think that's a really useful, tool, useful tool. Yeah. Um, well, says he uses braid to mono for his plastics. I don't know if that means like the boot tails and that, and then he uses straight mono on glides. So there's definitely a lot of different. Uh, opinions on that. I know a lot of guys that like 20 and 25 pound big game uh, mm-hmm. for all their swim baits. I know guys down south that swear by straight braid. I know a lot of guys that go straight fluoro. So I really think you got to figure out what works for you, what you're comfortable. There's upsides and downsides to all of them. What like mono is probably the toughest and the most resilient and the most forgiving. Uh, you are going to have stretch uh, okay. and you going to make your baits ride a little higher especially with that big heavy like 20 25 pound mono but it's super abrasion resistant it's super forgiving to shock as far as breaking off or backlashing or like casting uh so that's the advantages and it's cheap um and then uh braid obviously the strength is really great but 
when you get wind knots or professional overruns, uh, AKA backlashes, mm -hmm. uh, if it, or if you catch a fish and like the line pulls in on it and you go to make that next cast and it catches that braid will catch sometimes. And then you'll have a, a, sometimes in a very expensive bait going a really long ways that you may never see again. So that's the yeah. danger of braid. Uh, so I think if you're going to go braid, go heavy, go 65, go 80. So you really prevent that dig in uh, phenomenon. I agree. Uh, and then fluoro is kind of halfway in between. Uh, still good brazier resistance. Um, you, you get a little more sink out of the line. You still have some stretch. It's pretty forgiving. It's kind of a nice balance between them, I think. Um, it does wear out a little faster. You do have to kind of retie more often uh, than you put with mono or braid. Um, so just personal preference, I think. Uh, Absolutely. I think it's personal preference. Um, I personally, I only really go to like a Florida uh, braid leader situation if I'm drop shotting, um, fishing a deep weed line, or like pitching up shallow. If I'm throwing a moving bait, I don't want that not going to the guide. I know those FGs are pretty incredible and they seem to be just fine, but I, <laughs> I have a hard time tying those um, unless it's like I sit down and watch a video and do it no matter how many times I've done it. Um, so for me, I go straight one or the other, depending on how much grass is present, yeah. much, how thick the vegetation. And yeah, if I'm going to go braid, I'm probably going to, at, I said 40, but 65 seems to come out more often than not if we're going to need it. Yeah. I would say finesse swim baits on spinning rods, I'll definitely do the braid to floral, but on, on real swim baits, uh, I'm not messing around with that at all. Um, so I would say that like for six inch and smaller baits line, size can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, when I think you get to eight inch baits and above, the fish don't care. Those, no, they don't. you know, at six inch and below, the line can affect the bait to some degree. Yeah. Um, at eight inch and above, the bait has enough mass that your line is not affecting it, I don't think. And yeah. when you're throwing an eight inch bait, that is commanding the fish's full attention. Like, he does not care about He's the line. About what else he is focused on the eight inch, the ten inch, the big bait. So the bigger the baits, the less you need to worry about the line. You just go big or go home. Um, Chad wants to ask you, what's up with that line? Line. Uh, so line brand fishing line is a company owned by Sam Moore, who runs also Sam Moore Media. He's done some work. He did a really cool video for Dio at the Classic this year. Um, I fished against Sam in college. He went to Bemidji State, and I went to University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, we fished against each other. We stayed at cabins together. I hung out with him and the Swanson brothers um, a lot of times. And lately, he's been pushing this company, and it turns out he owns Line Brand, and it's uh -huh. a high-quality product at a lower or lower price, lower price point. So um, his whole thing especially when we were in college and I remember him saying this when we were staying together was stuff like, man, I don't understand why this stuff is so expensive. And you, if you want good quality stuff, you have to pay that top dollar. So his, his thing was, I'm going to start a wine company. And I think he's got a couple other things in the works, but I'm not sure where those are at, but wine is the thing he's focusing on now. And he wanted it to be an affordable quality line that you, that people can get at a, really fair price point but are really getting something that i i mean i'm using it right now on my swim baits on my drop shot it's sensitive um he's got a different um take on 
how the market should be, and I think that's really cool. But it's really good stuff at a really good price. Um, so I've been I've been really happy with it. I, I started using it this season, early in the season, and just have been very, very, very happy with it. It's just as sensitive as anything I've ever used. Um, I'm not breaking the bank on it, um, so it's it's been pretty nice for me, and it's been pretty good I think for him it sounds like he's got a lot of people who are trying it out and liking it and giving him good feedback and I know he's talking about getting a no fade braid coming up in the future it's on the way so um, I mean I really like his braid that he's got right now so I'm excited to see how that can be improved with no fade so but yeah it's it's Sam Moore's company and he's doing a great job with it I'm, I'm happy to be in contact with him Nice. So Jack K wants to know, do you throw or do the rest throw big baits for smallies? And he said he's been messing around with the S waiver for brown ones. Yes. Um, I still cap it at six inches for smallmouth. Um, even when you're getting around those really big four, five, six pounders, um, they don't have that big of mouths. Uh, but I will throw the big bait pretty much any lake as long as there's more than a two foot visibility. And most of these smallmouth lakes have like plenty of visibility um if i don't get them to commit to the bait i've seen plenty of them follow it up and point me to where the rest of the school is so you can catch them on a jerk bait you can catch them on um sometimes a tube or a ned rig or whatever but they they get those small mouth that that lure is not just a tool to catch those small mouth it's a tool to find those small mouth and help them locate help you locate their school yeah, I know when you're talking about that, are you talking about like glides, hard baits, soft baits? What are you talking about? Um, I'm usually throwing like my biggest soft bait, big, big six inch mag draft, or sometimes the eight inch mag draft. I'll get up and do that. Um, I'm going to start experimenting with the glide on smallmouth this year. I think the S waiver is a great one to get them to, you know, flash on your lure and help you see where a school is. I think, uh, I know like Carl Jockinson's talked about it a lot, but based on what I've seen, what I can tell from glide baits and some of that underwater footage from like tactical bassin, that stuff kind of has swayed my opinion about will they really react to that glide bait? And it's a tool not just to catch them, it's a tool to find them. And I think that's an important thing to remember when you're throwing those big lures. Yeah. And I think uh, if you're fishing smallies, it's better to use a rig, whether you're talking a mag draft or but something with treble hooks. Like, yeah. Yes. More often than not, like it's really hard to catch smallies. Like you can catch them on like a, a four inch paddle tail or a five inch paddle tail with like a a, a belly weighted hook. But like I think, a whole nice swimmer or, or something. Jig head hook or jig head hook. But yeah. I think once you get up in that six inches above, you really should be looking at either the the mag draft with the belly hook, mm-hmm. or you should be looking at hard baits like glide baits that have treble hooks because. Uh, I've even seen it like, uh, like I know Dave Sindrich would throw a real prey on the river, and he would use that belly hooked real prey. And he, just the way smallies attack a bait, you get a better chance of hooking them with a, a some kind of a treble or a belly hook. I think yeah. so that's that would be my two cents on smallies. Seem to be a little more uh, swipey at the bait, if you will. They're making a pass at it as opposed to, I don't know, largemouth seems to just want the whole thing and take it all down and crush through it. I know, I mean, I've had smallmouth push the bait plenty, but they absolutely do swipe at it, and you'll see that flash. Yeah, I think, like, 
that six inch glide bait is the perfect place to start with smallies. And if you're in a place with really big smallies, you can experiment with bigger ones too. But I think a glide bait is definitely a good way to go. There are some other good swim baits as well. I got a point. Um, Justin Sandy and I used to fish together in college. I got a, I would, I would actually throw that six inch Huddleston in a couple places. And I'm not going to say where, because they're on a lake that he and I have been on and he doesn't want people to know secrets on. So I'm going to keep that away, but I just had to acknowledge that comment because he and I fished together in Kentucky and lacrosse, Wisconsin. But yes, that's it's in Shuttleston that Rich is holding. There, There's um, certain situations, uh, primarily on uh, a lake that has very, very big bass and a lot, a lot of forage. Um, but post-spawn, I'd probably go chase them down on a on a hump somewhere or something. But I do think a little has a place in Minnesota. And there's a couple different variations of the HUD um, since we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right, there's the top hook HUD, which is probably yep. the more common HUD. Um, see that, right? Like, that's a good yeah. bait uh, a lot of times. In Minnesota, when we have so much grass, I'm a big fan of the weedless HUD. Uh, the hookups are maybe not as good, but it's basically like a hollow bodied swim bait with a hook, like a frog with a swim bait. And so I don't know if you guys have seen the weedless huts, but I've had really good success uh, early and late on huts. Um, you can slow roll them. I think a HUD is an absolutely great bait from like upper fifties and below mm-hmm. uh, both in the spring and the fall. You can catch them all year long, but they really excel that, that uh, wedge tail on it. Uh, and I think I don't have any eight-inch heads, but the six-inch heads definitely uh, draws a big bite and catches. You can catch two pounders on it. Uh, and they have Radal Fall Five, Radal Fall Twelve, and a couple others. Those are the two most common. Actually, some of their older huds actually had. They've kind of removed this now. Mm-hmm. There used to be a little uh, a place to rig a stinger hook or rig a treble hook on the belly. They took that out because, and this is true, because people would, you know, rig. Uh, kind of a, a little heavy braid or a wire twist and then tuck uh, treble in their pec fins or their anal fins there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that creates a situation where the fish get tongue hooked or throat hooked a lot. So they remove that and now the new huds do not have that. So gotcha. uh, the better way to hook a stinger for the fish is to actually run it down the back and yeah. off that hook or off the eye or off the hook and then tuck it back behind that dorsal fin. Um, so for me, I mean, you can catch them anytime, but I think it's it's early and late in the season is the best time for huds, uh, in my opinion. Chad, <laughs> I got I, Chad, you know which lake that is too, and you can message me later. I will direct it to you, but there's too many people on that lake already, and I don't need them throwing that. Throwing that door, so, um, you can slide in a bit later. Let me know. Yeah. Hit me, up, hit me up on Instagram. Just, just slide into uh, at, at Great Lakes Gaff. Uh, you can slide into his uh, his DMs on Instagram. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to harass him there. Um, yeah, the Butch Brown rigging method for sure. So I guess let's – let's to me there's like three basic types of what we're talking big baits. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be – I guess I would say – yeah, three or four. So I would say you got your paddle tails, yeah, right. Your soft body paddle tails is like a big category. Two would be, I guess I'm selling it. You got your hard baits, which could be glides or it could be like swimming baits, yep. right? Um, and then I would say you got weight baits, and I would say 
rats and wake baits could be kind of a combined category. You could break it into a lot of subcategories, but that's kind of the, uh, the, the not so let's say four. I would say yeah. soft boot tails. I would say glide baits. I would say hard swimmers. And then I would say wake slash rats. Gotcha. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's, that's a good point because within each of those categories, there's like, of course, a million subcategories. And I've only really taken a hard look at the paddle tail soft body world. And I've been trying to expand into the glide bait, but I've seen a lot of wake baits and a lot of, a lot of small wake baits, but then also a lot of those big swim bait style, um, rat style that you talk about. And it intrigues me, but I haven't gotten that far yet. And I think it's just one of those things that I'll eventually get to chase some of those bigger Minnesota bass. Yeah. So white whale says I could see a six inch HUD first do well in Midwest. Yes, I agree. But here's one thing that I've come to notice about swim baits. Don't get hung up on matching the hatch. True. Uh, just anything that looks minnowy, like shaddy, even we don't have shad in Minnesota, but anything that, I mean, like even this IU color is yeah. a good color in Minnesota. It's more about showing them a big T-bone that they can see. Uh, I would say so. It's really just like in darker waters, you want something that's maybe a little brighter, a little more solid colors. And maybe in super clear water, you want something that's slightly more translucent, more ghosty. Don't get hung up. Big bass will eat a trout colored bait in Minnesota, even though most of our lakes don't have trout. Uh, they'll eat an IU. They'll eat, uh, you know, you know. there's there's carp, there's shiners, there's a million bullheads. There's so much stuff they can eat. Don't get hung up. Uh, and if it gives you confidence to get a perch or a baby yeah. bass or a, a sunfish, all be it. But just because, like, don't wait for the bait that you think is the perfect for where you live because it's sold over half of your house. Just uh, don't get too caught up. Like, have shades of colors. Don't get too hung up. This isn't like a, a jerk bait or something they're getting a, a really good look at. They're just kind of like they're committing to the the size and the, and the, and the motion, I think, more not. Yeah, they're all pretty close in color, I would say, all the ones that I buy. Um, some have a little more chartreuse in them. Some of them have a little more gray in them. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer in kind of the match the weather conditions, especially with um, if it's bright, maybe I want the more silver or more chartreuse, depending on the watercolor bait. But if it's dark, I want maybe that not as vibrant gray or – Maybe something, um, like you said, that's a little more translucent. Um, let me pull up. I got a box. Yeah, I, just say, I, I just say somebody commented about the 68. I don't have any 68s, but I really would like to get uh, a 68 HUD for sure. Um, yeah, that light trout, and, that, and you'll hear the guys at Tackle Bassin just, like, scream up and down about how great the light trout is. It looks like nothing in the water, but they can see it, and it makes them attack. Right, like, uh, yeah. I haven't thrown the sixty-eight yet either. Um, when we get into our dream list, I might be t adding that one. So, yeah. Uh, Bill says I started the glide bait. This have saying I started and have you caught it? I've not caught anything on it, but I've actually caught glide bait fish in the past. Okay. So, um, this year I've not. I haven't been out a ton, and I feel like we're just about to get into glide bait season. Yeah, uh, any day now where they really should start eating. I mean, not saying you can't catch them before, but we're kind of hitting that prime time where the glide bait should really pick up. Honestly, when I was out with Bill a couple weeks ago, I probably should have been throwing a HUD, and I didn't 
just didn't make the switch. That would have been a, we were catching them kind of slow rolling chatterbaits through some grass flat. And I definitely should have thrown a HUD there because the water was in the mid to upper fifties and that would have been probably the right selection. Oh yeah. I think they would have ate that for sure. Or, or just any kind of paddle tail, uh, you know, any of those would have been good. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to be getting some glide baits very shortly and I know it's, it's coming. It's about that time for them to start chasing that stuff up and hopefully eating those big glide baits. I, I'm excited to see them, you know, flash on it and show themselves and see how they react to it. Um, I, I don't know why, but for some reason watching that fish behavior, like, I don't know if you've seen the Garmin live scope, but I've been on boats with it already. And it, it watching it on that and watching it in real life are pretty similar. And it's insane. It's, I just like watching that behavior um, and that glide baits like a jerk bait. But I think that bigger presentation post spawn makes a big, big, fish bite even if they're lethargic in post spawning not yeah absolutely so a couple other of my soft baits that i have uh one is this osprey it's the tournament osprey uh it's kind of your standard jig head hook uh, kind of got it in kind of a translucent color uh looking forward to throwing this maybe more this summer this is something i can fish a little deeper mm -hmm. so once the fish kind of drop off this is something i'll probably start playing around with a little bit more this year um I do have some California swim baits that are a line through. We really haven't talked about line throughs, but that's something you just, uh, you thread the line through, uh, done, caught some fish on these in the past. Uh, so these, they don't make these anymore. I got a box of these. The optimums can be pretty good. The boom booms, yeah. some of those. So a line through, a line throughs are really good for small eyes. I've actually caught fish. small. like, I think now that I mentioned this, I actually fished Escanaba tournament quite a few years back in Michigan. And in practice, I was, doing really well on a line through. I did not make the adjustment in the tournament <laughs> and catch them, uh, but I was catching some really big pigs on a, a, a line through, uh, kind of a, not this color, but like a chartreuse shad in uh, in that tournament. So a line through can be a really good option with that bottom treble um, uh, for, for, for smallies. Um, we this line through a few times and it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of these dream smashers. I've got one. It's got the bottom tail hook. Sweet. Um, that, and then they do make top hook versions. Uh, so here's for the people that are fans of trout colored baits. Um, this is a good. I haven't thrown this one much. I got this one late last year, but this is one that I'll be looking to kind of uh, do some, hopefully, some damage with this year. This is kind of a, an underrated bait. If you guys have not heard of the Dream Smasher baits, um, and I guess, and then I got some bluegill. Uh, so I've got some some matte lures gills in a, in a couple yeah. different colors. Um, I don't too. throw these a ton, but I I definitely like. I think these are probably more of a bed bait than they are a swim bait. Honestly, you can definitely catch them swimming a bait. Right. But I think they, where they really excel is triggering fish on beds that are, won't uh, react to other baits. Yeah, uh, Fisher makes one like that too, also, right, Rich? Yeah. Yeah. Good segue. So they also make a four inch gill that's actually a little bit. It's actually even a little smaller than the uh, the mat lures, but it's yeah. got a much better kick. Like this is a very subtle kick. Gotcha. The Dream Smasher actually has, a, it's it's surprising, it doesn't look, but it's got kind of almost, it's got a wedge tail. It's yeah. all, not all that different than uh, a HUD. Um, it's got a really good, like when you reel it, like you can feel it. It's It feels like, almost like a spinner bait or a really subtle chatter bait. And I've actually got one tied on 
I've been throwing it a little bit. Uh, I got this on a 734, so a 7.3 jig rod, um, and it's got some some rash on it. Um, I actually went to a little local pond and I did some damage. So there will be a video coming soon on this. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can pull up a bit of a teaser here. Let me uh, see if I can make this work here. And I, I've taken like a mag draft to a pond a couple of times and caught some pretty big ones doing it. So, yeah, let's see if I can uh, be patient. This this may be worth it. We'll see. Let me uh, uh, application window share. Is it showing the video right now? Yeah. Yep, I can see it. All right. I don't know how the sound will come through or not. Nothing on the sound, but that's all right. I you can't wait for the real thing. Cruising. Are they on the bed here? Or are they just up shallow cruising? No, they they were up feeding. There, you can see there's a little bit of a culvert here. Yep. Uh, and then there. And you can see there, like, yep. You definitely don't want to pull too hard. You want to let them eat it. Oh yeah, uh, you see my rod kind of load up. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody once told me the best way to think about um, a swim bait bite is um, understanding how a fish eats a bait. Um, fish wants to swallow bait head first so that it can suck it down its gullet. But if it gets it from behind, and you pull too fast, you're just going to pull the bait out of its mouth. So somebody once told me you want to set the hook after the second thump, and I know exactly what they meant once I started fishing swim baits because you will feel that second thump and it comes not very long after that first thump and that's that fish eating it and then turning the bait all the way around so it can start shoving it down its gullet. So that's that's when your rod loads up is on that second thump and then you can set into them. I usually hit them as hard as I can still, but I'm not a very big guy. So Yeah, so that uh... – yeah, that, that, that thing gets bit. I caught like three or four of them that size in about 15 minutes. It was pretty mm-hmm. wild. Like they were just, and all, you can see that thing had it choked. It's like, this is definitely a great gateway swim bait, like drug. Like this is, honestly, it's about as big as a decent sized swim jig or a bladed jig. And you can throw it on all kinds, you can throw it on a spinnerbait rod. Like, um, and it's, it's a deadly little, and it's got a nice kick. You can feel yeah. it. So it, it gives you that confidence that, like, a lot of swim baits, like a, a HUD, you don't hardly feel anything. Yeah. Like, it's super hard um, to feel anything. This this has got that nice, like, you can feel it kind of kicking your rod tip. It keeps you, like, okay, I can feel it working. I can see why the fish would like this, and, and they chew it up. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a good, good, good. So, yeah, Dream Smasher swim baits. Search him up. He's He actually, it's a guy in Minnesota. He does all them hand pours and, and, and does the colors himself. He's kind of one of those guys that like you got to sign up for his social media and see when he posts them because once he posts them, they tend to like go. So that's a thing with like these swim baits; like uh, they're in high demand. High demand, quick, quick to go. Those are those are some of the best swim baits out there, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you're on some of those Facebook pages that I'm in on the swim bait universe and stuff, and those guys. If one guy posts, "Hey, this guy's got his stuff up." Every single guy who's a, a big fan of that brand will jump in and 
buy all of them. They'll be gone in less than 24 hours all the time. It seems it's such a, got a it's got such a cult following out west too. So um, yeah, yeah. So I will be. I already subscribed to Dream Smasher on uh, Instagram and stuff. But when he drops his next to the baits, I'll probably be jumping on. Yeah. So what's up, Phil? Thanks for joining. Uh, White Whale says the 68 does kick pretty hard. Yeah, that one's got it. So the 68, for those who don't know, what a 68 special hut is, it's a six-inch body with an eight-inch tail on it. Um, yeah, so the bait, burrito baits, 715 baits. Yeah, there's a ton of baits that uh, we're probably not talking about. We're just kind of talking about the ones that we've got a little more personal experience with. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, there is no shortage of really good baits out there. Um, and so we're just kind of trying to cover some of the ones that we've had luck with, you know, in the Midwest. Uh, but there's a ton of good options out there. So don't just cause we're not talking about it. Doesn't mean it's not a good bait and it's not something to, so we kind of covered any other boot tails that you want to talk about before we move on to maybe, uh, the hard baits. Um, I, I think I mentioned the Rumbanis one. That's a good boot tail, but otherwise it's pretty much the mag draft and the Kitech varieties. Um, I mean, I drop it down to some more finesse baits. We're not talking little stuff today. So, um, yeah. So, unless somebody in the comments really wants me to divide, dive into finesse swim baiting, pretty much. We are not talking about finesse swim baiting. I forbid you. I forbid. I'm a fan of forbidding that. I have a question. So, we're on Omnia Tackle. Yes. If you could only pick one. Or two Magdrep colors from Minnesota, what would you recommend? One second, let me pull up Omnia. I have it on my screen. Can you not see it? I can't see it big enough, but I can get to the Omnia screen in like half a second. You want the eight inch? Well, whether it's a six or an eight, right? They have both, but like color, uh, I'm looking at the eight inch now. What? What would you say is the two colors you would pick for Minnesota? So white black shad. Um, it does that translucent thing you we were talking about earlier. That, uh, that's this one, right? Yep. So this is what you're saying for like super clear water. Yeah. Or clearer lakes, this is where you'd want to be throwing this bait. So where the fish get a really good look at your bait, you'd want this kind of translucent shad color. Yep. And then even though we don't have any shad in our lakes, this is still a good bait. <laughs> It really is. The, our fish do not care. Um, they chase white stuff around all the time. But uh, I would also go with IU in some really stained water. It's got that um, that yellow, that chartreuse flash that we look for. Um, there's a few good options here. But if, if I'm going stained water, that IU color is going to be pretty good. Also, it's got that green on it, um, which I think there's a lot of bait fish in Minnesota with green in them, whether it's bait bass, bluegill, right. sunny varieties. It, it, it mimics a lot of different forage. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, I think, honestly, like this solid white, the albino, is a really good one. I agree with that. Um, so I think you could buy those two and then maybe one that's a little darker. So I would say. That's a good one. Like this brownie or this MB shad. Just in case you're in a lake that's like really like bullhead centric or where they're feeding on more rough fish, I would go with a slightly darker bait. And then I would go with like a bright white and then a translucent white. 
Like I don't think you have to get real crazy with swim bait colors. It doesn't have to be spot on and perfect. They've, they're chasing something that big. They want to eat it most likely anyways. Right. Well, it's like the uh, six inch swim. I ever heard of the XPS swimmer. Yes. So the XPS swimmer, they don't make anymore, but uh, super popular bait. Um, the old Astro uh, um, one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my understanding is there's a bait called the Babe that's come out that is about as close as you will find. Um, and that I forget that what the I forget what the website is. Uh, I know the Bait Man talks about, it, but if you search the Babe, it's a small independent. And they do the same kind of thing. They do batches and they sell them out real fast. Um, I've definitely heard of them. Um, because I remember someone talking about it must have been an interview of some sort. Someone saying that they're basically a knockoff of that XPS, and I know that XPS was a deal. Like that's the one Kennedy has, like a million of them, and is running out of right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Takahiro and Kennedy are both. So it's three F fishing is who has the babe yeah. swim bait, which is basically a remake of the. Um, uh, I'll pull it up here. Oops. Uh, of the old XPS swimmer that people is very sad of. So yeah, um, Kennedy won, I believe, the West Point tournament and has also had a lot of success. Uh, so this is the babe. The harnessed version is the most, uh, the one that most resembles the uh, the old XPS swimmer. I don't think the XPS swimmer ever had uh, a, uh, a kind of a belly hooked version they've always had the treble hook harness version so how many uh, sizes do they come in is it just one just so yeah the babe is developed from the mold original bass shop xps uh it talks about steve kennedy and those guys all liking this bait. it's a six inch bait one ounce so yeah. this is something you can throw on a flipping stick or a jig rod you don't need um you know it's kind of like i actually have a bait that's kind of similar i forget who made this one but uh it kind of Looks like this one. <laughs> this one's not exactly yeah. right, but this I forget who made this bait. I've, uh, I've seen that one before too. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, this is this was like uh, a cheaper brand. But I've seen. Actually, I bought the, I, I bought these off uh, Outlet Bait Deck Tackle, so it was something that went on clearance. It's like a, a a company that does like northern baits and musky baits, and they made this, which is actually pretty similar. I forget what it's called. I don't think these make these anymore. This was a pretty decent bait. I know my buddy Ryan Brandt really loved these for a while. Um, but I probably have a whole bunch of them in a box somewhere. I just don't know where they are. I'll probably check those out. I had heard about those. I don't think this one's not as – this one's very rigid, so it doesn't have the kick. It's not as soft as, like, the Babe or the XPS swimmer. But I think what they were trying to do was replicate that with this bait. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Scottsboro makes a gun. Ignite, right? We talked about that. Uh, I know the Baxter, the Bateman, he just did a giveaway and got a bunch of stuff from uh, Ignite Baits. Um, they make good stuff. That's what a lot of the guys fish down south in Kentucky when I was down there. They were all throwing Ignite. Yeah. This so, one, um, Jig Head, throwing it all the and letting this thing and just dragging it, basically. I mean, it's a steady wine, guys, but it, it's still just dragging on the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
so yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about some hardening. So to me, uh, once the paddle tail bite starts to die, like the hud bite, uh, and you can catch fish on uh, paddle tails all year round, but that's like when the water temp starts to get in the low 60s, that's when most people agree that that's when the live baits start to shine. So let's move into hard baits. So do you have any uh, any glides, any hard baits? I don't yet. That's right. Need somebody else on the show. Thing I'm like so amped to get into this summer. <laughs> it's almost time to start throwing them, so I'm gonna go pick some up later. Yeah. So one of the hard baits that I first started throwing that actually had some size to it uh, is the old True Tungsten seven inch gill. I remember you showing me showing this on. This my is. This is not a glide bait. This is more of a swimming swim bait. So, but this is like the first big hard bait I ever caught fish on. And so uh, where this excels is fishing it fairly fast. Uh, you like, it's not like a real, you want to like swim it pretty hard and almost like a poor man's bullshit, I guess, or a poor man's uh, bull gill. Um, a lot of guys still like these. Mm -hmm. They go for pretty big money. This does have a pretty good following on it. I've got three of them left. I'm actually trading one uh, that I have for another hard gill. I'm going to get uh, a snack size gill. <laughs> nice. so, uh, um, so this is a bait uh, that it's kind of got me started with the bait. This is the first time I started out really playing with big hard baits was this. And it's not real huge, but it's fairly substantial. Yeah. Um, it, it's fairly heavy, especially when you've got the balls in it. So this one's kind of unique. It has a, one of my pliers, but there's a little pin right here in the belly uh, that you can pull that out and then it's got three, two or three tungsten balls that you can take in and out to change the sink rate of this bait. Um, I think most people agree that fishing it with a couple balls in it and fishing it fairly fast is the, uh, the way that this performs the best and where people do well with it. Um, I did see, I was talking to, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Jacob Wall. On Instagram, I saw this sitting on his front deck. He makes baits, he throws big swim baits, and I was like, he had this sitting on his deck in one of his Instagram pictures. And I, I chatted to him about it. Um, so that's an interesting bait. Uh, along that same, so yeah, as far as glide baits, I definitely have caught a few fish on the River to Sea 168s, which is kind of like depending on who you talk to if these are real glide baits or not. These are kind of like starter kits. I mean, these are really glorified jerk baits. <laughs> they are. Um, they're not real big, but um, I definitely caught some pond fish on these. I've caught a few fish in lakes. Um, I kind of got this light perch color, which I don't think is like way off from that light trout color. Um, and then I've kind of got, I don't know if it's like some kind of IU or something or Wagasaki or something. It's a couple, but these are good. Uh, entry level, uh, great for smallies, great for largies. Um, if you don't know what's in the lake and you just want to fish uh, a 168, now these are pretty cheap. I think they're only what, like 15 to 17 bucks or something for a 168. They're reasonably priced. Um, and then you can definitely jump up to the 200 size. That's Which is quite a bit bigger, even though, you know, we're only talking 32 millimeters, which is just over an inch uh, size wise. There's a big difference, yeah, uh, in the amount of mass you're throwing when you go to the 200. It's thicker. Yeah. Oops. What the heck? My phone and my computer. Yeah. And somebody texted. So this is a 
I'm taking it out. It's gonna get get in the in the in the boat. But there's a it's just kind of interesting color. It's kind of a translucent, but yeah, it's got some color to it. Uh, a little kind of a, I like this kind of got a little a red fin. It's kind of got a little red in the chin, a little chartreuse, kind of got some kind of some kill spots on it, something for the fish to zero in on and hit. Do you believe in that old school theory about red? Um, I actually do. I like on top waters. <clears throat> I really do like J or red hooks on my front hook. All very front hook is a red hook. And it seems that I, I think T-bone jerk baits more than anything. So I think to about six feet, it plays a role. Yes. Over six feet, I think they start to not be able to see the red, and then I don't think it matters. So DT4s, maybe DT6s, uh, wake baits, jerk baits that aren't super deep, uh, and top waters, I think red hooks on the front hook. I agree. Uh, the second car you showed us is the best producer in my area. Uh, when I was a kid, it, that red hook theory was super, super popular and a big gimmick in the industry, and I remember everything was red hooks, this, or red weights, and... I believe it to an extent, and I agree. Six feet is probably about the max that I'll throw something with a red hook. And after that, it just doesn't seem to matter. Let's see, let's make some comment here. Bass Pro Shops Glide I haven't tried the Bass Pro Shops. Um, so I can't speak to that. I know there's a handful of other glide baits um, that are. One that a lot, and I've just got this one, and I guess I got it tied on inside my box. So I've, I've, I've thrown this one a little bit. Um, this one, as far as glide baits go, is pretty cheap. It's a pretty decent sized bait. It's a little bit bigger than the S waiver. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, it's not quite as big as the 200, uh, but it's bigger than the 168. So training in the right direction. And I like the way this looked. I don't really think the water temp or the water color or anything was right the day I threw it. This is the day I should have been throwing probably a boot tail. Um, and uh, this is the Bait Sanity Antidote Glide. And I think they're right around 25 bucks. Gotcha. So for a bait this size, and the reviews on it are quite glowing. Um, is it so like a good one? This is, so they have two versions and I got the slow sink. They got have it. a faster version and a slow sink. I went with this one because based on what I read is that the Arashi is actually sinks a little faster. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is another bait that's reasonably priced. Yeah. Um, this one I got it sinks a little – I know these sink a little faster and a little bit more of a faster action, a little tighter glide. So I wanted to go with this one being a little slower, a little wider glide, just so I'd have a little more variation in the swim baits I had. Um, so they do have two different versions. This is the only one I've got so far. Um, it comes with – I think I probably need to change the hooks on these. They don't look super great. Uh, the one thing the nice about the Arashi, it does have the free float, the free turning uh, hook hangers. Yeah. There's a nice feature on that. So these are a little more expensive. I think the Garashi is like 37, 38 bucks. Um, and it, yeah, it's about that. I think retail price. So, but this is a super popular color uh, for the Arashi that a lot of guys say, if you only get one color, get this. And this looks like literally nothing in the lake, but this goes back to just sometimes they're not super obnoxious, but the fairly bright kind of crazy colors are some of the best producers for swim baits and glide baits. Cause you just really want the drawing flower. Yep. Uh, they're curious. They want to come up and chase it and they want to see what it is. Yeah. They don't know what it is. So I, I would agree. The more flash, the more 
um, neon colors you have on some of these glide baits, I, I think some of the ones that are producing the best that I've seen are, are really, really flashy, and that's definitely the thing. Yeah. So there, there's the Arashi next to the 200S waiver. Yeah. So just a touch smaller. We're talking fairly similar class baits. The yeah. one thing I've noticed, um, yeah. The one thing I noticed about the bait sanity versus the, the Arashi is the, the bait sanity has a slightly narrower profile on the bait. Oh yeah, it does. Not quite as meaty in the midsection. Um, so it's just as tall, but not quite as wide. So what's that? Throwing, goes on. Yeah. So for the glides, when we get up into the ones that are a little closer to the 200, so like the bait sanity, the Arashi, the 200 Arashi, I'm throwing on a 795 Dobbins. And I have the Champion, yep. but only because there was no Fury when I bought this. So um, if honestly, if I broke this or was buying now, I would probably go with the Fury because I don't think uh, I don't need the sensitivity for a glide bait. I mean, they're going to just absolutely rip it out of your hands. You're probably going to see half the strikes. Um, so um, I, yeah, I, definitely... I would say if, if you're new to it, I would definitely. I wouldn't probably spend the money on this. I don't know what the weight difference is, but I can't. It's all that. And then I have a 300 E um, swim bait reel. Oh, the 300 E old one? Yeah. So, what's it don't make anymore? <laughs> I bet you can find it, on, find it on eBay, though, somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Those old Shimano's are great. But yeah, I'll, I'll be getting a 300 size uh, spool reel for my 795. Um, when I start throwing glide baits, I don't think you can downsize the reel on that. Yeah, I heard about the Shine Glide. The Shine Glide is, I forget who, is that Savage Gear makes the Shine Glide? Is that right? Yeah. Justin. So that that's, again, my team partner talking about an event. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, I would say, uh, baits that I've heard about for entry level. So I would think you cannot go wrong with the river to see one, I mean, especially if you're brand new and you're just like dipping your toe in the water, I think there, you will not find an yeah. argument. This is probably the number one bait to go for. Um, yeah. It gets bit. It's big enough. It does have a frame one drawing power. It doesn't break the bank. Uh, you know, you can get five or six of them for less than a hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, yeah. absolutely. Number one starter is the S waiver 168. If you're going up from there, I think you have, you can look at the S waiver 200. You can look at the Molex that just came out recently. Yep. You can look at the Arashi Glide. You can look at the Bait Sanity. You can look at the, uh, what's the Jackal one we just said? This, oh, um, the, um, we just said it. Yeah. The Shine Glide. Oh, yeah. Um, so those are, the I would say, the most popular ones. There are definitely some that are also affordable, a little more obscure. Um, but those, you know, there's four, five, six baits, and those all range between 25 and 40 bucks, Those that next round. So you kind of got the S waiver 168, which is less than 20, yep. and then you got about five or six baits that are fairly well known, and say most people will say those are good baits uh, in that 25 to $40 range. And yep. then things get a little crazy and out of hand at that point. Yeah. And, you're, and there yeah. are some really good baits they get a lot more expensive. So if you're going to start buying those, you want to make sure that you're committed and you're actually going to throw them. So, yeah. Um, What's the most expensive bro, you have right now? 
expensive bait I have. Yeah, you don't have like any Roman maids or anything crazy like that. No, I would think the my most expensive is this JSJ snack size trout. Gotcha. I think I've had this one a long time. This one's actually numbered number 239. <laughs> so this is a slightly different uh, style bait. So we'll cut this is a good segue. So we kind of talked about glides uh, before we maybe go to that. Right. So you get into the depths, two fifties, yep. you get into the, the, the high powered herrings, you get into the, the shizzle. Yeah, I mean, there's like a million of them. And I, and I, I don't know about them, but like, if you're really that interested, this uh, you're probably in the next level of swim baits, then we're going to talk about in this stream, go join swim bait freaks, go yep. join swim bait universe on Facebook um, and uh, they're probably going to help you and take you to that next level. Um, you guys know about some that just – I didn't even – Yeah, they're crazy. That's like all they do, right? So like both Eric and I are tournament guys that have an interest, a passion, and want to get better at swim baits and dabble with swim baits. Uh, and uh, if you're really like that nutty to the point where you're buying Depths 250s, then, then you're already – you're past us. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so – so once you leave glide baits, then I would say the hard baits that are more the swimming baits. So like your triple trouts, yeah. your bull shads, uh, baits like this. They're typically double jointed or triple jointed baits. They're more of a swimming kind of stop, kind of more like speed uh, type baits. And there, there's different versions out there. And there's the, but in general, that's kind of the, the other class of hard swim baits. Um, and some of them are gill shaped, like the, the true tungsten I held up earlier. Uh, they're kind of really, if you think back to the probably where they mostly started. Like if you think about the old Sabeel Magic Swimmers, which are like a great herring imitation bait and things like that. Um, these are kind of downsized versions yeah, of time. that. I, th I think uh, these bigger baits kind of spawn from that and taking that to a next level. Um, and so that's when the, I think these tend to shine a little more when your water temps get up uh, closer to 70. You start to get more heavy post-spawn. Uh, and then you're kind of looking for more fish's metabolism a little higher. You can fish these baits a little faster. Um, yeah, I think this one, this just triple, uh, this stack size trout, I want to say if you tried to buy one now, it'd be about 70 bucks. Yeah. Which when I got this, I thought that was like a thousand dollars. Sometimes it feels, uh, sometimes it feels like $70 is the same as a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, so this is a cool bait. I've definitely caught some fish on this one, messing around with this. Uh, so the, the two biggest baits that I've caught fish on uh, are, are this and uh, that, that True Tungsten Gill that I, that I showed. I've caught baits, fish on both of them. And I would agree. I've got like the four-inch and five-inch hard gills, and I've never really caught fish on them. I've caught more fish on that, uh, that seven-inch gill than I have the smaller ones. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to slowly get into the bigger uh, uh, swim baits. I would say another, like if you're looking for something that's a little more entry level and uh, kind of gateway, uh, if you can find some uh, Black Dog Baits shell crackers, the G2s, they're not real big baits. This is kind of a wake bait, um, and uh, but these are a good little swim bait. You get bit really good around the bluegill spawns. Uh, a good kind of gateway bait. It's not super big. Uh, it's probably comparable to the, it's a little bit bigger than that, that dream smasher. Yeah. Um, but, uh, good bait. No I, I like this that, same rod as a dream smasher. 
Or are you? I would say yeah. A, a, this would definitely be on a, a jig rod or a heavy crankbait rod. I didn't know if you. I know some guys like softer rods because of the trebles. I don't. With these big swim baits, I think you still want that stout rod. It seems like. Yeah. No, I definitely think. I mean, these got like number what? Number twos, number ones on there. I mean, they're probably big treble bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even a yeah. So. Um, yes, yeah, so I. Those are some of my favorite baits, baits that I've been playing around with. Um, I think kind of now, <laughs> I guess, did you have anything else to add on the hard baits? Uh, um, I, other than just, I, it, it feels like a big jerk bait, and I'm excited to start trying them this year. I think I'm going to try the, um, I don't think we mentioned it, the iSlide 135 from Mega Bass. It looks like a good one. Um, I'll try that Molex, Molex one. Um, and then the S waiver, I'll mess with a little bit. So I'm I'm picking those up soon, and actually been gonna start throwing them in the next week here. Yeah, I I bought this baby bull shad, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how small this thing was. Like this thing is, this is like, like a spinning rod swim bait. I didn't like when I if I would have known how small. Actually, I think I put it on my Christmas list, and like my wife bought it for me or something. Um, but I didn't realize how tiny this thing is. Like a lipless crankbait. Oh wow. It's just yeah. like uh, the the most adorable little thing. So if you want to pretend, like here it is against the G two. Okay, yeah. And the G two would eat this thing. Like this thing is the same profile as like a red eye shad, just a little bit longer with a, a cute little brush tail, like a little. Huh. But like this is like, I guess pond magic. Like, but like this, yeah. I don't really consider this. This was more likely to go in my crankbait box than it is to go in my swimbait box. Sorry about that. So I would not recommend <laughs> this for swimbait. Tom Floria is messaging me. So. Uh, yeah. So the other thing we didn't talk so weight baits like the the the, the shell cracker. You can crank this down. You can fish it as a weight bait. So I don't have a lot of weight baits. I do. I am interested in getting like an MS Slammer or possibly a Rat to start playing around with. Um, but I do not have those. But that's another category that we really didn't dive into. Yeah, um, I was saying uh, I need to try the Spro Rat size 50, so uh, I'll add, add it to the dream list. Yeah, I think uh, talking about gateway baits, I think most people will say that that, uh, that Spro Rat is a pretty good bait for the money uh, if you want to try rats without breaking the bank. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about – heard about that one few times so i think that one's probably a good one to definitely gateway yeah so i definitely have some like baits that are on my wish list so once my motor gets fixed back here (laughs) and i know what that's going to cost me then i'll probably take myself off my uh bait freeze um but things that are definitely on my uh list is uh and thanks to everybody that's on here before I forget, like we're over 30 viewers, which I think is a new record for me. And we're definitely growing every week. So I appreciate the people that are ride or die and joining every Wednesday. Uh, I don't know about next, it might be Thursday. It was birthday next Wednesday. So it may not be a Wednesday night stream, but we will do a stream next week. So just stay tuned uh, on that. But so thanks to everybody that's, that's participating and hanging out. Um, so once I know what that's going to cost me and I take my, my, my self-imposed uh, bait ban off. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so things that I plan on getting, I definitely plan on getting, uh, I wouldn't mind getting some of these babes, honestly. 
uh, in, in the harness version. I could see myself getting some of those. Those are on my list. Um, I could definitely, I want to get some more eight inch mag drafts uh, in a couple different colors. Uh, I, I, the, uh, let me, uh, let's see if I can see if this doesn't get too, let me see here. I want to share. Okay. Where'd they open? This make it weird. <laughs> Are you looking at attack warehouse now? Yeah, I just was. Okay, so going a little more expensive, I've heard good things about this AB Tours Homicide Glide. Um, and they make, and this is definitely getting a little pricier. So this is uh, when we start to get into the big boy swim baits. Uh, I've heard the nine inch is kind of the sweet spot, which rings in right at a hundred bucks. Um, one thing cool about these is they come with a tail hook. I don't know if you guys can see that. That doesn't really show up well. Um, but it basically has a hook for a tail hook, a belly hook, and then it comes with a hook on the nose. And so going back to that theory that so many fish like cross yeah. these baits from the head, a nose hook. But I think there's no reason that we can't hang, you put a split ring, we can't be hanging treble hooks on the front of our glide baits. Yeah. So that might be something for all of us to experiment with. Uh, whether it's uh, S-Waver 200, the Arashi, uh, any of these baits. Uh, if you're getting a lot of fish that are just pounding your bait and you're not hooking up, try putting a split ring with a drop treble hook on the nose. Um, we'll talk about this, but the bull shad is definitely on my radar. Yeah. Um, the 4x4, four four, uh, bull gill maybe a little bit, but I think what I'd rather have is like, up here would be like a six inch bull shad painted like a bluegill versus actually getting uh and so those run at like 50 to 60 bucks so i think a six inch bull shad <coughs> is a uh is a really good and i want i think i'd want a slow sink uh uh so the bull shad definitely on my wish list uh mike book is a super cool guy he has some really great videos if if you're interested in this kind of stuff definitely follow bull shad on facebook he goes live. He shows you how he hand tunes all his baits before he sends them out. He shows you how to like adjust your baits. There's a lot of cool content there. Um, we talked about the babe. Uh, this that shine glide is on my list. Uh, the uh, the evergreen international bream slide swim bait. That one looks. Yeah. It's about $70. So this is on that one. Yeah. The bream, the bream slide. Yeah, yeah. Somebody mentioned this. Like, so yeah. Uh, these baits look cool. I do. I'm a little bit. I know a lot of guys say that bluegill shaped glide baits and bluegill shaped swim baits, they draw the strikes, but sometimes their hookups aren't as good because of the tall profile. I, I can a lot see. of times the so that I would say that's the only knock I've heard on uh uh these type of baits one that a lot of guys say that is pretty good uh which is a lower profile is this gantrell so it's got a little bit of that bluegill shape but it's a little squattier 
Um, so for this one, I think where they, they, these ones are 40 bucks. This is definitely a bait. If you really feel like you need a bluegill style glide bait, um, this is a very popular one that a lot of people talk really highly of. I think either one of those bluegills or that carp pattern would be really good uh, for the Midwest fishing. I'm not yeah. a big fan of baby bass. So like that far you know, Matt gill yeah. or yeah. that RT spawn gill looks good too. Both of those look really good. Yeah. So those are baits on my list. What You got anything else on your uh, I before the I slide 135 is like right up there on the top of that list right now. Um, it's only a 45 and I shouldn't say only, but it's only a $45 glide bait, but the 135 size looks really, really good. Um, it's a literal, looks a little more narrow than, um, some of our other bluegill glide baits, but uh-huh. it's got those gill colors like the GLX sunshine gill. And part of the reason I don't have these is that GLX sunshine gill has been out of stock for like a month and a half now. That's why you just got to order them and just get in line. You can't yeah. wait till they come back in stock. Well, you, you can't even click on the quantity right now. So I'll have to <laughs> colors. Um, but uh, those look sweet. They seem like a really good gill. I mean, I throw a lot of other Mega Bass products. So um, might as well jump in line. The Molex Glide Bait looks really good, though, um, also. Um, it's smaller in profile, um, but has some of those gill colors also. The MX bluegill color on that Molex looks really, really money post spawn to me. Yeah, so this is uh, the one that uh, Carl Jacobson has been pimping lately. Yep. Um, and they only come in a, a few colors. Honestly, as weird as it sounds, I think the trout would be the best one for. With the green back? Just in general, I think that trout color, you'd be surprised, would get bit anywhere. And I think that's just. Yeah, yeah. Now look from what I hear guys talk about that really catch and fish baits, you want that uh, that brighter color. I think that just uh, will prove to be uh, the better. Even though if there's not a trout within 100 miles where you're fishing, I still think that trout's probably the best all-around color in that lineup. They don't know what a trout is. They just see flash. They're eating it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just, drop a goldfish in a lake, they may never seen goldfish, but they're going to eat the damn thing because they oh, can see exactly. it a mile away. <laughs> that, honestly, in Minnesota, I think sometimes that's why chartreuse, or not chartreuse, like orange or like fire craw works so well in some of our lakes because I've seen plenty of lakes with goldfish in them. I know yeah. it's crazy, but it, to us, it probably doesn't sound crazy. To some of these other people, it might. Um, that is a really good tip, though, the nose hook thing you brought up that uh, White Whale's talking about. I hadn't thought of that, but it's like a um, a big ledge uh, spoon. Guys will add a treble hook at the top of the ledge spoon by the um, line tie, and they'll catch those fish um, yep. that ate the spoon but didn't get the hook on the bottom, if you will. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you just got to make sure that you're not putting – you don't, you want to probably a slightly smaller, like – so, like, whatever, I'm not sure what size treble hook this is on the Yarashi uh, Glide. But yeah. I would go with a slightly smaller than this on the nose. You know, I'd probably go with, like, a, a number two or something. Like, because this is probably, like, a one-aught. Um, I'd probably go with, like, a number two. Because you don't want to disrupt the, the weight too much. So you want to go with something a little smaller. Uh, you still want to go with a pretty thick wire hook. Because when you hook a swimming fish, you're going to be, like, 
you're going to horse them in. You're not going to be playing them. So you want to hook up there if you're going to try it. Not so big. And then I don't think like you don't need it on this bait. Like these little, you no. want to be throwing at least a, a seven plus inch bait before you're even worried about uh, a delta. Um, so that may even be borderline whether you really need it at that point. But if you're starting to throw those eight and nine inch glide baits, then definitely a nose hook is probably something to really look at. Um, I agree. I think we all need an MS slammer in our lives uh, for sure. Uh, I agree. I think guys in Vermont catch some really big fish out of kayaks. And I, there's no, if they be, eat them in Vermont, there's no reason they wouldn't eat them in Minnesota or Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so the babe. They only make about a thousand a year of those swim baits. Um, Tom Mix was able to jump right on them and get some of the harness version. Kudos to you, Tom. I was on my bait restriction, so I, I, I resisted the temptation. One thing, whether hard baits or glide baits, don't be afraid to sauce them up with some scent. Oh man, you bring up a really good point. Yeah, um, I think. Did you listen to the BTL with uh, Byron last week? Byron Velvet. I did. I did. Yep. He calls it buttering toast. Yeah, that's what he did when he was out on the, like the one on he won on Clear Lake. Yeah. The reason he does it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it's not so much the scent; it's the ability to set the hook because that bait will slide through the fish's mouth to the hook. So, like, I could totally see lubing up this side and this side on uh, um, this mag draft and that would definitely make a difference with sitting the hook and stuff. So, um, yeah. And that, I mean, if you've got followers, it's definitely not going to hurt your chances of converting it. Yeah. Uh, it's better than sunscreen or a Purell that I've seen, yeah. seen that make a big difference before guys who like wash their hands right before they launch for a tournament. And the first thing they do is pick up like a flipping bait and put it in their hand to flip with it. And they just use Purell in the bathroom and, I mean, it seems to make a difference to me. So I don't see why adding lube or uh, whatever kind of cream, I don't know what brand, I forgot what brand Byron was saying he was using, but that kind of stuff makes, like, it, it can't yeah, he, was using, like, he was using, like, a smelly jelly or some kind of yeah. something, something like that. Yeah. I know the guy that was on Smallmouth Crush, a uh, guy from the Carolinas, I forget what his name is. Uh, it's, like, Dreamcatchers NC. Um, and, uh, he's a big believer in setting up his baits as well. So I definitely think, um, you know, when you're, when you're fishing big swim baits, it's kind of like you're hunting, like you're not trying to catch, uh, you know, 50 fish a day. You're going for the alpha fish. These are the smartest fish. You want to take the time to do all the right things. Yeah. It was Austin. Um, you want to do all the things. You want to take the time to line up for the good cast. You want to make sure your knots are good. You want to make sure you have good line. You want to make sure, uh, you know, you, you do everything you can. Uh, you want to come into these areas quiet. You want to get the angles on the cast. Don't rush it. Like think of like hunting a big buck and getting everything right that you're only going to get the right cast a few times a day and you want to make sure they count. Yeah. So, uh, Change your mentality a little bit, throwing big baits, uh, and that's probably going to help you understand uh, and get you there a little quicker. Yeah. And another thing with that, like hunting, you never put your guard down with these big baits because 
yeah, it might be a long day of throwing this big heavy weighted bait around, but if you put it by a dock or the brush pile or the top of the hump and that fish is there and he hasn't seen anything worth eating like that all day, he's going to eat or she's going to eat. I should say usually she, but, um, it, it, you got to be ready because you may go four hours. I've, I've caught my limit before in the morning, put the big bait in my hand and gone four hours before my next bite. But the next bite's the kicker I was looking for. So it's, it is hunting. I would agree with that. It's hunting for that one big alpha female or male, depending on, you know, what species we're targeting here. We're targeting on. And often, uh, you know, when other baits are in the lull and it gets tough, a lot of times that's when a swim bait will shine. So like when you've got that like midday sun, you've got that midday lull, you've got the high skies, you're kind of between normal bite windows, that's a good time to break out the big bite, the big bait, especially in a team tournament. And I think we talked a little bit about this on IG, right? Like um, if you can be in a team tournament situation, it's a little easier for one of you, you know, I hate to say this, but swing for the fence, right? But like uh, bring out the big, the big wood or the big bait or the big paddle tail. Uh, the guy up front can keep, you know, flipping a jig, throwing a beaver, throwing a spinner bait, whatever. Uh, you know, if you got, you know, a few decent fish in the well, and then the person in the back can definitely, uh, you know, take the risks and go for a bigger fish. So yeah, absolutely. One second, I'm gonna move inside to where there's more light here. The warehouse order going out from Arsenal. What up? What up? Dan's here too. We're still on right now. Oh, Dan. oh damn. Fishing's here. What up, boys? Up, hey, Rich. How you doing? Not too bad. That, it's good to see you start to grow back your your uh, your flow here. That's looking oh, good. Probably going to go bye-bye soon once it gets a little too uh, warm outside. <laughs> so how is uh, the swim bait talk, guys? It's going good. Pretty good. What's what's your two cents? What's your what's your favorite swim bait? Oh god, he's trying to get me into more swim baits. So I'm trying to convert. I them. mean, I got a bunch of mag drafts and a couple of boom booms. That's about all I throw for swim baits. And then obviously the tactical minnows from Arsenal. I use those as trailers mainly for swim jigs and chatter baits. So that's, I mean, that's my bread and butter as a swim jig. But. Ooh, White Whale has a good point. Does anyone flip a big bait into a bass bed? Yes, I do. I did that the other day when I was fun fishing by myself. Um, but I know guys um, on my day two at regional down at Gunnersville, he had a couple of fish on the bed. He flipped a swim bait in there. Um, he didn't get him to bite, but I could see how it would work because it's, you know, that big obtrusive profile and whatnot. Do you guys, in a lot of cases, you even want to potentially have a big swim bait without hooks in it. Yeah. Just to get them fired up for two reasons. One, a lot of times fish are bedding in an area where it's hard to get, a giant bait with hooks in it in there, right? Because there's like a log or there's lily pads or there's this grass, right? They don't tend to like spawn in like wide open areas, right? So one, yeah. it's hard to get a big bait in there with treble hooks on it. And in a tournament, especially, I guess if you're fun fishing, it doesn't matter. But in a tip, you know, you don't, the last thing you'd want to do is fall hook them. Right. And you hook a lot of swim bait fish on the outside of the mount. So yeah. uh, if you're really in a betting tournament and you want to have a big bait, I would actually suggest fishing one without hooks or with a top hook um, to use that as your aggravator because you get them all fired up and then throw the tube in there, throw the jig in there, throw whatever in there. Yep. Um, 
that would be my two cents because I know on day two at Gunner's what you're talking about, I had a big fish on a bed and I couldn't get in with any of the other stuff. He was in such a shallow, gnarly spot and I didn't have, I didn't want to take the time to like take hooks off a of bait, but I wish I would have had a big bait that I could have got in there because there was no way I could have got a, a big swim bait in there with hooks on it to you would just out like, dragging the mat right over the top of him. He was just in a bad spot. So, Do you guys consider dark sleepers to be a swim bait? Do you, Rich? I would consider that to be a finesse swim bait or a jig. Because <laughs> yeah. I fish it like a jig, but, you know, I have caught fish on the retrieve on that thing too, swimming it. But sure. My biggest smallmouth, my personal best, which isn't terribly big, a 5.26. That came on a, a dark sleeper last year. But and then I have a couple uh, Dream Smasher swim baits. I don't know if you guys talked about those at all today. Yeah, we did. We did. I see the logo behind your head actually right there. So well, we showed some footage of me catching one from a pond uh, the other day, actually. Oh, sweet! Nice. How big was it? How big was the the Dream Smasher? I didn't weigh up. I, oh, it was just a four inch gill. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So see that earlier. That's the this one. That uh. So were you? Do you throw that on beds? Is it a? I've heard it's a good bed bait. I haven't caught anything on that one yet, though. It absolutely should be a good. I haven't had it uh, in the right situation. I'm hoping to go tomorrow. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have that on a rod. I'm gonna have a glide, and then I'm gonna have a couple bed fishing baits because I think things are probably happening right now where we live. So I'm gonna I'm gonna duck out of uh, the work early tomorrow and uh, get on the lake and look for some. So I'm gonna throw those two swim baits as I kind of cruise down the bank uh, and try to find a couple bigs tomorrow. So that'll be kind of my one-two punch tomorrow. All right, cool. Sounds good to me. Since I wore them out on a, a tactical minnow on the back of a bladed jig last we weekend. saw that, by the way. Dan's a fan of that. You Sounds should share cool. it somewhere. <laughs> where am I looking? That's the reference spot right there. Really? That's where you have to look? Oh, that's weird. No, you look at the camera. Well, then why are you telling me to look at the reference spot <laughs> on the point? This is just a normal day at Dan's house. Mm -hmm. yeah. so Dan... Doesn't understand technology, obviously. No, no, no not, not, at at all. All. not at all. Don't he can build it. websites, but but he's like a he's like a software guy. Hardware, no good. That's, that's bad. <laughs> However, he does know how to video edit. So if you guys haven't, go check out Arsenal Fishing's YouTube page, and Ooh, there's nice going to be plug. all kinds of videos to come. Lots as of as long stuff. as you only want con content once a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> I have hard drives. If you're, looking, if you're looking for high quality content that's not going to overwhelm you, yes, with that's <laughs> the perfect analysis of what I do with my fishing content. <laughs> I literally have hard drives full of episodes. It's stupid. I just I don't have the time between Arsenal Fishing. The the company is just doing really well right now. I think most companies though right now are doing really well just because all the shops were closed, so everyone had to do online purchasing. So. I mean, I've been crushing it, man. It's been great to see all the orders and support lately. It's good. Yeah. So White Whale's asking, Dream Smasher, 100% domestic company. Uh, he, hand pour, he hand pours the baits in Minnesota. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying maybe a few components or something maybe doesn't come, but, yeah, it's it's made here for sure. So you know. Cool. Good. That's the way we like it. Not always, but those Japanese baits are pretty cool. <laughs> Fendi, but cool. But I like that it's a Minnesota company, so um, I'm gonna have to pick up a bunch of those Dream Smashers now. Yeah, Tom, yeah I, don't, I don't have any, but I don't, I've definitely seen. Uh, if you guys, uh, what is it? SB John Boat. 
channel. Is that what the channel is? He's uh, a he's been throwing the the weedless stream, something like that. I forget what the guy's name is, but he's yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any of them, but they're weedless swim baits that ever fished on like eight odd beast hooks. So he has like a six inch weedless stream smasher that's been doing really good. I don't have any of those yet, but that I will be fixing that soon. So nice, very nice. Do you guys have any more questions, guys? Just curious, random stuff, things I didn't cover, things about rigging. Now that I have better light again. Oh, is that why you came out here? Because yeah, lighting was completely yeah, dark. You said your light doesn't. So we'll, we'll hang on for a few more minutes in case anybody's got any questions. Yeah. Uh, definitely make sure you guys follow uh, Eric at Great Lakes Gaff. Got his information on the uh, on the stream here on Instagram. Uh, Definitely expect to be seeing uh, some good content from him on the IG. Uh, yeah. You know, follow me on Instagram. Definitely check me out, Elbass. I usually post several times per week uh, with some unique content that's not on my YouTube channel uh, on Instagram as well. <clears throat> snap or no snap? Uh, I would say snap. Like uh, I Thanks. like the white whale. Sorry, he's taking off, but he was yeah. good chatting with. Yeah, absolutely, White Whale. Thanks. Uh, I like these decoy egg snaps. Those are my go-to snaps uh, for glides and hard baits in general. Um, how about you? How do you? Um, usually, I'm kind of one of those people that if it comes with a snap, I assume it was designed with a snap. If not, um, go snapless. Um, exceptions. Uh, I'll probably always throw a snap on a glide bait this year. Um, I never throw a snap on a soft body um, swim bait. It's just, it's just not ideal. It's just going to get hung up on uh, lily pads and grass and all that kind of stuff if you uh, throw a snap on a regular paddle tail. Oh, cool. Well, I usually try to keep these for right about 90 minutes so that my wife doesn't go too crazy and I get my kids to bed. So I appreciate everybody that was on here tonight. Uh, I think I'm actually going to throw out a third bonus video this week. Uh, so there might be one dropping Friday as well. But uh, otherwise, I'm going to go out fishing tomorrow uh, and hopefully have some betting action coming up on the channel real soon. So, uh, yeah, posting weekly videos, uh, weekly streams, uh, Wednesday nights, uh, maybe Thursday next week, but mostly Wednesday nights. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, Eric. Uh, thanks. Uh, look for more content. Definitely got some more guests lined up. It's going to be kind of a mix of anglers like uh, like Eric and like Tim Horace Monty and other guys and content creators and then bait makers. I've got some other bait makers lined up that want to interview them and tell their story, kind of like we did with Woody Outdoors. So um, that's what's on the docket. I appreciate everybody that uh, has tuned in. Uh, and uh, until next time, we're here to help you catch more bass and suck less. See you guys. <laughs> losing stuff. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.